Presenting Julia. Putting your best face forward. Putting your best you forward. Hmm. My name is King Navasa, and you are listening to the King and I podcast. Yes. Today we are talking to my age-defying friend, Julia, who just loves the Liverpool Football Club. (laughs) We talk about pacing yourself and allowing your life to happen, how weight loss can affect you psychologically, and the many roles we play in situations to cope and survive. Yes. Oh, she goes deep. (laughs) Let's get her on. So here we are sat with the fabulous Julia. <laughs> so Julia, we're going to jump right into it. And can you share a bit about who you are? Let's start from, I mean, you recently moved to Manchester, didn't you? Yes. Okay. Yes. So let's start from the decision to move to Manchester. Let's go from there. Oh, you can go further okay. back. Yeah, so further back from that, a quick summary of who I am. Mm -hmm. So originally born in the Midlands, a place Mm -hmm. called Derby. Mm -hmm. And um, probably around the age of 10, 11, prior to that, had no interest in football whatsoever. And then started seeing a team called Liverpool play on the TV uh, and fell in love with the team and wanted to... (laughs) <laughs> That's Liverpool, Liverpool football, Liverpool football club. club. Okay. Yeah. yeah, all right. Felt like I wanted to dedicate my life to Liverpool Football Club somehow, <laughs> um, and just spent my teenage years following the football team, and um, eventually getting to the stage of doing A levels and then picking options to go to university. Mm. And I honestly picked to just go to Liverpool University just because of the Liverpool football team. Oh my goodness! So were you actually a football player yourself? Did you get into it? I, I did a little bit. We did a little... Um, Just a little bit. A little tiny bit. We had a team at school and I was the goalie. <laughs> now I think back, I wonder if I was goalie because everyone knew I wasn't that good. So they like, just stick him in the goal. <laughs> that was me. I was goalie because I wasn't any good. Poorly coordinated. But I did all right in goal, I must say. <laughs> all right there. Right. So you were moving, you were choosing a university. Purely because of the football. Not not a reason to pick it. And I would not recommend that. I think people should pick the things that they're good at and make sure the subject that they, uh, something they want to do. Um, but yeah, so I actually found myself in Liverpool um, and I spent a lot of time in Liverpool. Um, picked up a little bit of the accent. And then um, relationships come, relationships go, and then new relationships started. And this person is based in Manchester. And basically it's just since the pandemic. Um, I was in a situation where I was renting. The landlord needed to move back into their property. So it was just a case of, do you want to move in temporarily? Didn't know when our long long lockdown would happen for. So it's with your new partners. You wanted to Yeah, so it was just gonna be a few months. We think we thought it was gonna be a few months. You thought because you thought the lockdown would just be a few months, right? Yeah, and then um nearly a year and a half year year later still there <laughs> so um yeah it's you know in terms of relationship good strong relationship you know i hope it's a it's a it's a, it's a keeper but it was always ever going to be a temporary 
Um, property's too small for me to stay there. I've got right. half my stuff in storage. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just just in Manchester, love in Manchester, but um, yeah, I think so I'm gonna. Everything was temporary. Oh, you're gonna head back. To- so everything literally is temporary. Yeah, I think it is, except for the relationship. Yes, yes. Hopefully. So you'll be moving back to Manchester with your significant other soon, hopefully. Moving move to Liverpool. Uh, Sorry, yeah, Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> Moving back to Liverpool, sorry. I feel like I've always been a bit of a traditionalist, you know. In my head, I'm thinking relationship, meet someone, you get married, you know, you get you have a house, you have Mm -hmm. kids, all that kind of thing. And what I've realised as I'm getting older is it doesn't happen. That doesn't. The movies don't happen like that, you know. (laughs) The movie stars in Hollywood, life is not like that. You have to just make it. No, 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 you have to just make your live your life and make your life happen the way it is. And so you've come to terms now that it isn't gonna work out the way you planned but yeah it'll happen you know if you want it to so um i call you age defying (laughs) a reason it's because looking at you you'll never you would never tell do you mind sharing or can we can we just hint around it can i just say well i was mainly <laughs> we'll brought up yeah <laughs> we were, i would say in my, my 40s <laughs> okay so even at that stage in your 40s it's all right to say all right now is when i can settle it in get my savings together and buy this house yeah so yeah and if it doesn't happen in your 20s don't feel bad keep trying yeah yeah later. definitely yeah. definitely i think um there's a lot of pressure you know we, we put pressure on ourselves we look at other people we hear what other people should be doing at certain ages everyone starts ticking off in by 25 i need to be doing this by 30 i need right. to be doing this you know every right. every age bracket has a certain amount of things that you tick off and if it, it, it can happen for people in those ages i'm not saying it's not a thing that people if it happens for you yeah. it's so fine that's true everyone's path is different doesn't yeah, yeah. but um for okay. me, yeah, everything's happening in my forties for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you've had a lot of different life changes, haven't you? Yes. And yeah. uh, I wonder. I, I just want to see just how much you want to share with us today, because I I happen to know the scoop, and yes. it goes back to even uh, your previous relationship, which was actually a marriage, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah, I was married. And so yeah, so the biggest change. Um, one of the biggest changes right. has been um, to decide to go for weight loss surgery. Is that what you were hinting at? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's get in there. So you've had uh, a weight loss procedure done. Yeah. And this was how many years ago now? Seven years ago. Oh seven my years goodness. ago, yeah. Yeah, so it, yeah. it seems like it seems like just yesterday, but yeah, it was seven years ago. And Right, and I it just, was the... Sorry, it was, was a sleeve. sleeve. Yeah, so there's mm-hmm. different weight loss surgery procedures. A lot of people are familiar with the gastric band. Mm-hmm. Um, and after my consultation with the doctor at the time, I, I opted for the sleeve. So for anyone who doesn't mm-hmm. know the sleeve, it's where they remove around 70%, 80% of your stomach right. and leave you with a very thin um, sleeve-like structure in your stomach. Yeah. Uh, it also takes away your ability to be hungry so I never feel hunger um, because it's some kind of hormone that sits at the top of the stomach they remove that as well Mm -hmm. Um, so the last time I felt hungry was seven years ago eight years ago oh even still now yeah so the only thing I do feel Mm -hmm. 
is if my stomach's empty, I can feel gassy okay. um, and I can feel thirsty. Um, that's usually a sensation I get, but, but, but hunger, like doubled up with pain, my stomach rock rolling and, you know, I don't feel that. So yeah, that, that's, that's strange. It's okay now, I'll get used to it now, but yeah, yeah it's strange to think that, um, yeah, I don't feel that, that sensation of feeling hungry. I still eat though, I still yeah. like food. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, I don't like food, that food is... So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm right once a foodie, Always, always. always <laughs> so I'm a dessert guy. Would you consider yourself a dessert girl? Um, oh, I like. Do you know what? Savory. I, savory. I'd go for savory pastries, oh. savory pies. Oh. Yeah, anything with flour, to be honest. But yeah, mainly pastries. But you know, if you, I know. Offer me a dessert. I'm not gonna say no. Have you had a Jamaican patty before? Oh, <gasps> I've had a Jamaican patty before. <laughs> Oh my God! This, when you oh. said when you said savory pastry, that was it. That's all I pictured. Mm. Oh my goodness! The, the that's thick. The, oh, yes, that's the epitome. on the outside, yeah. soft, gooey, and then you get uh, the yellow. If it's dyed right, you get the yellow on your fingers. <laughs> that's too much yellow coloring. I think that's a bit too much. <laughs> oh yes, like if you're eating it and your shirt's clean, you're not eating. Yeah. It. <laughs> You're not gonna survive that. <laughs> One. Oh, amazing! So, um, speaking of Jamaican patties, you have some Jamaican heritage as well, don't you? Yeah. So both my parents are from Jamaica. Um, so when I was brought up, so they came to the UK in this this sixties, uh, very early sixties, um, quite young couple, and that my parents' story is the same. There's many, many people that came from, from uh, that era and from, from just came for a better life. They thought it was going to be a better That's life it. for them. That's it. And they yeah. kept they kept their eye on the prize. They needed a better yeah. life and they wanted a better future for their kids. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't even know how old you are. Uh, you're like, hey, I'm age defying, you're age defying. I don't even uh, know how old you are, Mr. King. <laughs> I, I do not tell. I am going to lie if you ask me my age. I'm going to lie. <laughs> Just to haven't gotten to terms with yet. <laughs> so yeah, that's my um, background, and you know, like not not so much yourself because you've only recently left Cayman Islands, yeah. but I do still feel the connection, even though I've been to Jamaica a few times. But mm. you know, the food and the music and this you can't the, the just music, girl. You don't even yeah. You, you I think this <laughs> you turn on the radio about... here. Oh, just something about where you you know where your roots are. It's just a feeling, isn't it? It's like yes. if someone yeah. says Jamaica, I'm like, mm, yeah, me. He's speaking yeah, to me. You it's turn like, right on. You go blue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would defend it, and then you know the, the the bigger Caribbean. You know, I will always defend it. I'm like, no. Even though I don't know it, I probably people are like, why are you Trust defending me. it? Who are you to defend it? But I know yeah. all too well because from I'm from the Cayman Islands, but. I've only been to Jamaica. I've not been to the rest of the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I will still defend it. I was like, "Excuse me, you're talking. You're talking. What about the West Indies? <laughs> listen, listen. Hold you on. Let me tie. My, let me tie my hair up. Hold what on. What did you say about Saint Kitts? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? What'd you say about Barbados? Don't come for my Bayans. Listen, I will defend it all until it's <laughs> until it's <laughs> nothing but Caribbean people in the room, and then where? defending our own island because then we're like <laughs> yeah. it's just like no 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 the best soccer comes from here ah, 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 ah. yeah but you know different things it's sort of like when you say 
uh, like siblings when you're fighting with your sibling. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, uh, if I'm fighting with a sibling, I'll say, I can talk trash about my sister, but don't you dare try it. Yeah. <laughs> I will slap you. <laughs> I think that's the 100%. same relationship in the Caribbean. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and do you know what? It's because we all know our history. You know, we all have our beautiful melanin skin. We all oh, have our yeah. brown um, complexion that um, yes. makes us beautiful. But we all know where that come from. It comes from as well. So I think it's yes. that connection. Um, I see brown skin across the world but I do feel a much more of a connection with the Caribbean because I know how 400 years ago our history was the same <laughs> you know sometimes yes. I look over to our American cousins and I think your history is similar but there's much more of a connection in terms of like we all have our islands that we can connect to as well and yeah. in a way um, it's the diaspora, kind of in, indirectly it? grateful of that you know I'm indirectly grateful that mm-hmm. through all that history which was turbulent and awful terrible right we still have something that we can say, actually, this is now ours. And I think maybe some of that independence in Jamaica has strengthened someone's feeling of belonging to somewhere as well. I don't know how, hopefully, you know, it's not, I, think I, so. I don't know a lot. I don't I know a lot about whether or not it's that. successful, but yeah. I mean, I'm not going to comment anything politically or whatever, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, economically, it might not have been the best choice, but the spirit, definitely the spirits of the people were strengthened with that decision. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was absolutely beautiful. So, the food. So, Julia, I mean, I know the answer, but I want you to say it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to ask me? How well are you at cooking some of those traditional meals? Oh, my goodness. Did you, did, you, did you get into it? Did you learn a few tricks from mom and dad or... or... What's it like? I am a very, very, very bad Jamaican lady. <laughs> but I'm not even a Jamaican lady, so that's the first thing. So I'm really bad. And I think I've gone through a phase, like a roller coaster, feeling really guilty, feeling really angry with myself, ashamed, embarrassed. Um, wait, wait, wait. No. So you really felt ashamed yeah. and embarrassed? Yeah. I remember mm-hmm. my parents when. Family members, friends, we used to come around because, you know, back in, especially in like the 80s, when a lot of the um, Jamaican families would associate with, so, sorry, socialise with each other. So <laughs> it's not like now where we, we're friends with lots of people from all over the world. But then, yeah. even then, it was difficult to, you know, when I grew up, I didn't know anyone from other cultures. I didn't really know a lot of um, English white people mm-hmm. unless the way I went to school with them. I didn't, you mm-hmm. know, my, my parents didn't have people around the house. Mm-hmm. But when people used to come around the house, I was pointed out as the one that doesn't <laughs> can't cook. Oh. This is the one Kaka cooking her. She can't cook. Oh. She can't cook. Oh. That was me. That was the one they pointed at me. Everyone else was like, God. so I'd be there thinking, oh, goodness sake, this auntie. Oh, no. What can I do in my life? I can't cook. Oh, so there's a sound that came into my head. Sorry. I'm probably not. Girl, you better can't cook. Mm, recipe book. <laughs> but that was me. But they—that is a uh, family. They always had to sacrifice someone just for a good joke. They—they always do. I'm so sorry. But that would that that kind of struck you deeper. I think you had mentioned before. Yeah. Um, it's you know it's so strange, isn't it? Because 
you think back there's certain things I think back and I think I don't know if it's a regret that I feel but mm-hmm. there's definitely something I feel and I feel like did I go through a bit of a rebellion because I grew I got to this age maybe 12 13 not really being able to n- never cooking for the whole family never ever doing a, a pot of anything for the whole family mm-hmm. and then I think I got to the teenage years and just rebelled and thought well I ain't cooking I ain't doing nothing oh. and I feel like now and also, just before I, I say the next bit, and also, almost like, and I'll be honest with you, when I was in my teens, there wasn't a lot of positive role models around for me to look up to. And there oh. certainly wasn't an understanding of Jamaican food. Right. I remember people asking me, and you know, my friends, my white friends at school would say, well, what do you eat when you get home? What oh. do you eat on the, a weekend? What kind of food do you eat? And I'd lie because I'd be like, they're not going to know what rice and peas are. They're not going to know what yeah. dasheen is. They're not going to know aki. They're not going to know, like, cow cow foot. What, am I supposed to say I'm eating a, foot, a cow's foot? <laughs> <laughs> Delicious as it is, they ain't going to understand that. So it's like, right. oh, we had chips. Oh, we had beans on toast, you know. Oh. And it's like, now I wish, I wish I was just confident about who I was and where I'm from. Because now I'm so, like, Mm-hmm. If someone wants to hear what I'm, t- what what the food is, or you know, I can, I feel like I'm confident enough to have a go, have a go at it. But have a go you know, it. I'll talk about the food. I'll talk about the culture. And it's like I regret that there was a long time where I was a bit embarrassed, a bit nervous, a bit like oh, stop asking me questions about Jamaica and the Jamaican food. And you know, people just come up to me and say. You like Bob, Bob Marley, don't you? I'm oh like, why are you asking me that? Because the I'm cliche. black. Yes. <laughs> yes. And they hear Jamaica. Even if they hear Caribbean, they assume yeah. the whole Caribbean is Jamaica. <laughs> so they, yeah. they, they say, so you like Bob Marley? I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> so then I'd start feeling like, well, I can't really like Bob Marley because it's, I don't know if it's a cliche. So I just started liking pop music, you know, mm. English food, mm. uh, English food, English music. Right. So... Not that I didn't enjoy it, but I do feel like it was just me playing a character to feel Ooh. comfortable to fit in. Oh, this is going deep. King, you make me go deep. <laughs> Let's talk about identity then. Let's talk about these different characters. <laughs> uh, you said this phrase to me and it stuck with me when we were chatting the other day. And that is um, having to play the fat and funny yes. person. Yeah. And then fulfilling that role and that was all you knew up until you lost the weight then it was hmm so who am i who am am i I? so wherever you want to start with that let's unpack that and talk about that for a bit yeah so i was always big i've always been big as a child and i don't know if it's the same for you in the cayman but definitely in jamaican culture Mm -hmm. being big wasn't necessarily negative Historically, mm-hmm. I guess being big was seen as affluent. You can afford to eat. So I never yeah. felt like it was a problem to be big. Other than friends at school who's called me fatty. So it was, I didn't really think it was a problem. I didn't really see it as ne- necessarily negative. Mm-hmm. But I did know that to survive, survive, to, to be accepted, shall I say, not survive, to be to accepted. Yeah, to fit in. Yeah. It was a positive to be funny. So mm-hmm. I started to be likable, but funny. You know, I tried yes. to make people laugh. I tried to be the, the joker in the classroom. Right. I, I got on with everyone. I seemed to have got on. And the teachers liked me. Um, mm-hmm. 
but yeah it was I wasn't necessarily academic um but I played that role and I felt that was a you know positive role to play yeah yeah when I left school the one one, sorry you were the one with the pleasant disposition yeah everyone would kind of accept you into their social spaces yeah you were just really playing playing into that character yeah the fat and funny I like the term. I actually like it. So <laughs> you'll see me hashtag that later. Hashtag that funny. <laughs> so you were about to say right? So yeah. You, so you then when I yeah when I left school, to be fat and funny wasn't necessarily something that would be like <laughs> desired in the corporate world. So I went into right. much more. Um, once I've grad- graduated as well, and it was like, oh, I can't just be funny and fat, you know, I need mm-hmm. to knuckle down and carry on with my work. And, you know, I got quite responsible roles. Okay, good. And then I think it was comfortable then to play black and angry. Black and angry. <laughs> okay, so you went, you swapped characters, black and angry. I swapped it to that. So, you know, quite straightforward, comfortable with like being a little bit of the, what you know, argumentative, um and that role was fine you know did did me okay it's stressful though you know it's it, stressful okay. being it helped you progress in your career though because you progress, were but uh, it wasn't really me it wasn't really me deep down it wasn't really me because oh. i wanted to be maybe a combination strong and, and independent and st- straightforward and you know ruthless if i needed to be in the right places but also right funny i wanted to be funny i wanted to be light you know i want to be yes invited you wanted yeah. to be welcomed each time and yeah. to have those moments where you can <laughs> with your friends yeah yeah <laughs> and then um so in terms of the weight loss we'll get into that we're getting so the to weight it. loss was listen years and years and years so for for anyone listening to this or that they knew because you've met me in person yeah i'm small i'm only five foot five foot and a few inches like not even one five foot and point da, 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 right really i'm small <laughs> yeah i'm small oh stature i know you are but is it really five foot I it's not even one five foot da, da, da. oh my dear i was nearly 18 stone at my heaviest, I was nearly 18 stone. Like, I don't know, morbidly obese. Mm-hmm. Definitely on the scale in the doctors, That's it high. was like... That's real high. That's in the but, So for someone this small, mm-hmm. it was, you know, ankles hurting me, knees hurting me, hips back hurting pain, me, hurt, back pain. Mm-hmm. These very large breasts that wouldn't fit into any bras that I oh, built or bought, trying to put them in mm-hmm. and, you know, n- never feeling comfortable, always feeling hot. Always I was about to say that, heat. and the heat. People oh, have to mention that sometimes. The heat. heat. You think heat. y'all feel it. Mm, when Winter. Winter was my favourite. I love oh, the winter jumpers, amen. coats, hats, gloves, more amen. clothes, the better. Men. Yes, let's pad it all up. <laughs> but summer, yeah. soon as it's that started with that summer mm. <laughs> I hated it um so yeah it was years and years like my diet and yo-yo dieting started probably 18 19 lose a bit of weight put weight on lose a bit of weight put weight every single diet you can name mm-hmm. cabbage diet atkins diet Diet where you just eat carrots. Diet when you just drink water for two days. And I was about to say that. Oh, yes. I'm so guilty. I just did that one last month. I was like, what? Yes, Can I'm going through it. Work? I know. I'm going through it. I'm going through it. I'm taking notes. 
but this isn't about me. <laughs> so you've, you you yo-yo dieted. Yeah, it wasn't and this working. 100% is not about me. I'm not a judge. I'm not judging anyone. I'm not judging anyone who's doing that. I'm the only one that's going to do it. Is anyone who's done it. I'm just saying for me, I have done it as well. Right. And I thought, this is what I do. Everyone around me was doing it. We, you know, people were recommending things. Oh, did you do this? Have you done this? Have you started this diet? And so it's like, oh, okay, let me try that. I'll do this one, I'll do that one. And most of the time, none of them worked, but I must have spent thousands and thousands of pounds on different things. I had a gym equipment. I remember being at, um, after I finished uni. So when I finished uni, myself and the, the students, the friends that I was sharing a house with, we stayed on in the house for a few years. And I remember buying gym equipment. I bought um, the, the, the big balls. Oh, <laughs> yes. I think everyone bought one of them balls, didn't I they? I did, I did. Because <laughs> I was told, oh, it'll if you even use it as an office chair, you're burning calories while you sit. So I'm like, okay. You sit on it. And, Here I am buying a 30-pound ball. Let's go. Exactly. It will tone your core. It will tone your core. Sit and yes. watch TV, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. One of them. I bought a little trampoline. I had no business buying a little trampoline. Little trampoline. Oh, when you're watching TV, just jump around. Jump half an hour. You can lose yeah. weight. You can lose weight. I bought weights. Oh, why are you sitting watching TV? Everything was while you sitting did watching you TV. Did you buy the shake weight? Did you, did you no. try those? I, I was tried. tempted. <laughs> I, bought I was two. tempted though. Don't do it. <laughs> I bought two. Don't do it. Just don't. No. <laughs> you feel stupid afterward. I know. And Everything. still nothing. <laughs> I, I tell you what I did do. I didn't buy it. One of my friends bought the... Um, the things that you strap onto your arms and you strap around you where it like vibrates. Oh my God. Do you remember that I, one? I bought it too. I did it too. Yes. <laughs> I buried it and I put it around my waist and it was like oh. vibrating my stomach. I was like, oh. Oh. But I was thinking, it's fine, it's fine. It's going to vibrate away that fat. It vibrates as, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> nothing you know. I know. Oh no. I was the same and then I just let it. I don't even know. I didn't throw this stuff away deliberately. It just it walked away. I don't know where it <laughs> disappeared. But ugh, so, so yes, we've tried. You tried it all. When I say I've tried everything, and I used to go to the doctors about all my ailments and think, doctor. I mean, I struggled with uh, when I got married as well. Struggled to conceive. My periods were all over the wall. Every time I went to the doctors, I was saying, oh, it's because you've. Do you think you should need to lose weight? I was like, stop telling me to lose weight. Oh. Every time I come to the doctors, if I come with a toothache, do you think you need to lose weight? Yes. So in, the point, in the end, it's like, I don't want to go to the doctors. And it was one consultant just said, mm-hmm. have you considered weight loss surgery? And I thought, oh, what? No. Mm. No way. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. No. Because that's cheating. Oh. That's what I thought. That's cheating. Mm. So I didn't, I put it up to bed, didn't think about it for... I'm not gonna lie, a couple of days. <laughs> later, I was like, hmm. And you said days later, sorry. Days, <laughs> literally. Thinking, okay, days. months. No, days. It was haunting you that much. Yeah, and I yeah. thought, times, times to do something. Maybe this is what I need to do. And everything was just aligned at the time. Um, I was in a relationship, as I said. I was married, so I, was, I had the support behind me. Yeah. I was managed to get to sort out finances, and I wasn't able to afford it straight away because mm-hmm. I went through the NHS and they were saying you've got to go through a two-year program and I thought right yeah. okay do I want to do that or should I pay for it privately so I went privately and, you know got a loan and was was able to and you know like I said it's not for everyone a the, the surgery is not for everyone and financially you know it's not for everyone you've got to be right. in a situation where the bank can say yes okay then you can have five thousand right. pounds or ten thousand pounds but luckily I was um because I was in a stable job as well and that obviously mm-hmm. got me through um, financially 
mm-hmm. and yeah booked it in um did a lot of research um and really thought this is going to be it then I'm going to change my world change my life and get fit and healthy and in on a whole I did I have I have that's what's happened and I know we've touched on some of the the conversations in terms of how it's been and one of the things that I really need to adjust and what I would say anyone yourself or anyone listening hi guys you're listening (laughs) Um, but anyone who's listening and think about it it's 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 not an easy choice and like I said when I said if I did it it was cheating I had a lot of people say to me that you've cheated and feeling guilty about them saying that and trying to adjust it in my mind to think have I cheated yeah it took me about two or three years to really come to terms with what I'd done come to terms with how it's made me feel and so you mean as as in you've done it now but it was still in your mind saying oh gosh people are gonna think I've cheated did I really cheat do do you know what Mm -hmm. it's not even the cheat I think it's that have I let myself down why is it that I couldn't get to the stage of managing what I eat? Oh. And you know, when when you're big, you don't even realise food is an addiction. You just think it's part of life. And I had to really understand that food for me potentially was the same addiction as anything else, as anybody else's addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. drinking, smoking, gambling. Mm-hmm. Sex is an addiction now, isn't it? You know, whatever. And I think when I start to understand that, I started to be kinder to myself because there was a lot of time when I struggled I just thought what's wrong with me then why why is it that if I go to a restaurant I order a starter and a main and I know I'm too full for the pudding but I'll still order the pudding and then they'll say do you want some cheese and I'll order the cheese board mm-hmm. as a little slice and then I'll order a ca- coffee and then I still might eat the two chocolates that they put on the side of the coffee mm-hmm. so I know I've sat and I've eaten thousands of thousands of calories and I am full to the brim you know full to the brim when back back before the operation Mm -hmm. but still I'd still go home and maybe snack on something because it was like oh it's 11 o'clock and I always have a little snack at 11 o'clock so Mm -hmm. that's tradition I'll just have that little snack you know saying that again it goes to everybody's bodies aren't the same because there's some people who do that and they don't gain the weight yeah at all they don't gain the weight at all and there's some people, uh, and that's with no effort. And there's some people who do that, but because their their lifestyle is so active, they burn all those calories yeah. off, so they maintain yeah. it. And there's some of us who don't, who only do half of that. And because our metabolisms just aren't built that way, we might just have the starter in the main and the coffee and blow up. Yeah. Like that'll go straight to my thighs. I'm one of those ones with really bad metabolism because. And the mm-hmm. thing is, it's the, the diet industry and, and the advice you get, it's a, it's a general advice. You know, it's yeah. generally women should eat 1,200 calories. So some people, 1,200 calories is nowhere near enough because they are active. They need to eat more like 3,000 right. calories. Right. And like you said, someone eating 3,000 calories with a very slow metabolism, that's two, three pounds a week they're putting on there yeah. and then without doing anything, even with exercise. Mm-hmm. So we're very, we're all very, very different. But... Yeah, just touching on how I've had to adjust. Um, it was a big adjustment, wasn't it? Psychologically massive. And I, I, I didn't realise how much it took out of who I was then and who I needed to be, who I who I was then and where and what I needed to do to be comfortable with, with who I am now. See, that's, um, the, that's the point there I want to highlight on, on yeah. the psychological aspect. I think we've, we've, we've shared enough now about the physical aspect. Yeah. So here we are. You've had 
um, you've done it. Yeah. You've gotten to a new size. You're, you feel healthier. But then psychologically, how did you how did you go forward? What decisions did you have to make? How did that affect your character? How did that affect how you presented yourself? Yeah, I think like anything, we are part of society. So it's all about how other people see you and how other people treat you. Mm-hmm. And I would say on a whole, I am treated much more positively being the size I am now than I ever was when I was bigger. Right. I think I probably made allowances for other people how I thought they were going to treat me because I was bigger. Right. So that's where the funny came in. That's where the, okay, I'm going to play this character so you will be comfortable. You know, you see a bigger person. I used to go into the boss and think, oh, I can see that person doesn't want me to sit next to them, but I've got to because there's no other seat. Yep. And I'd try and squish on their side so they didn't feel like I was squashing them, making myself uncomfortable. Because I did, yeah, because I didn't want them to feel uncomfortable with my size. Yeah. Now I just sit wherever. I don't have to think about it. Or, you know, I'll go onto the train or bus and people are making space for me. I'm like, oh, I've got all these options. <laughs> people are like, oh, come sit here, come sit here. And it's just totally different. But that's a massive change. And I'll share this with you as well. So this was one of the first times I realised that I was my, my attraction, you know, my uh, my attractiveness. Right. Like, um, you know, because I'm stunning, like I'm gorgeous. Oh, you are. Oh, oh my God, you are. She is stunning. Just so she's stunning. <laughs> Look her up afterward. But <laughs> I didn't think I was. I, th- I listen. When I was big, it was always like you've got a pretty face. You're big, but you've got a pretty face. So I thought, okay, right. I've got a pretty face. That's fine. Oh, you're cute for a big girl. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Oh, you've got nice teeth. <laughs> I was like, thanks, mm-hmm. I've got nice teeth. Look at the rest of me. Yeah, you've got nice... <laughs> Those eyelashes are gorgeous, yes. Oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. But I was... Um, so I, I do um, percussion, um, samba music, so Brazilian, Brazilian carnival music, and I was in a band yeah. and we were rehearsing. So we were in a rehearsing space and there was about 25 or something like that there. There was a, a couple that were there. So the female of the couple, she was off somewhere talking to someone else and I was talking to her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And it was just a standard, it was just breaking the um, rehearsal. We were just having, people having coffee, going off to the loo. And we were just chatting, me and this, this guy was chatting. I didn't even know what we were chatting about. It was nothing, nothing important, yeah, just general right. tip-tap. Mm-hmm. The girlfriend came from nowhere, and I mean nowhere, came right up to him, threw her arms around him and started snuggling into him. Oh my goodness. Where he kind of looked as if to say, oh, what's she doing? And then kind of started to carry on talking to me. And I was like, what's she doing? So we carried on talking for moments, moments, probably about 30 seconds. And then she went, what what are you doing? Like in that voice. Oh, oh. And I was like, oh. She's marking her territory. Am I a threat? Oh, was now a threat oh people my. were thinking i can take people's boyfriends oh I my god no notice i did not know no. <laughs> it was i all that night i went home and i was like in between total shock total upset because i'm not even that person i've never taken anyone's boyfriend because i'm oh. still in my head i'm still fat and i'm still funny so i'm not even going after anyone's boyfriend but that's but the thing like, in your head yeah in your head, i was like oh my goodness she came from nowhere and she was like what are we doing? <laughs> Ignoring me? Oh, it was so strange. And what like, a what, a, oh. what a thing. And now it's like, <laughs> I have to think, right, I'm talking to this guy. Is his wife anywhere? Was, was, uh, uh, boy, boy, boyfriend possibly, but anyway, whoever's around. Right. I have to feel like, look, I've 
I start having conversations that things that are not about anything to do with like we're not in a you know I'm not trying to chat you up I might start going yeah because I've got a boyfriend so they know I'm not trying to hit on them you're trying to consciously avoid anything that could hint that you're flirting yeah which is kind of the opposite to when I was bigger so it's like as much as health-wise um, um, it's a massive positive mm-hmm. I've also got to still play a little bit of a character now because I've got to adjust myself to how people see me oh, it's it is strange. a lot psychologically to adjust it's to a as lot. Well, isn't it and it's it's mm. all other people's perception of you and their opinions That's true. of you and like you touched on you know obviously um, I'm really aware that I do look a lot younger and I behave a lot younger and I dress a lot younger I just dress what I want I wear what I want in terms of style I don't think oh this is someone's in their 20s I'm going to wear that it's just like if I like a particular style of clothing and because I am small there's certain clothes that I feel look better than me on me than other clothes right. so even that it's it's again we, we, we talked on it before about age and things and it's not that I lie about my age it's just like sometimes I'm cautious about telling people how old I am because they always are absolutely shocked and I don't want them to change their opinion of me I don't want them to think I'm a certain age like I've had someone say oh my gosh you're only two years younger than my mum and she was oh. someone who was like 24 we had an amazing relationship we got in on we were talking we felt fr- you know she just saw me as a buddy mm-hmm. and then when she realized I'm a mum's age it was like oh you're my mum's age and it's like I don't want that I don't want you to yes. change I want you to just be my friend and just yeah. see me as myself I get it that's why I you know like about my age too yeah. like, <laughs> it's which just is about the opposite so actually because I sometimes when people find that I'm younger than I am or older than I am it's that same reaction yeah. uh, and then it almost feels like okay so the conversation and the advice i gave before they then take it they they reassess it in their head just based on my age and it's like yeah. okay so that's why i just i just lie about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you're not lying about it you just don't don't bullshit <laughs> if you really if you really pressure me and people start guessing then i'll take whatever you guess and add like five six or ten to it and it, it what does it even matter it doesn't matter does it i mean it's just i'm not there yet I'm yeah kind of, i'm navigating you, the spaces and the people and the perceptions yeah uh i'm just i'm not i'm concerned with myself even because if i make the decision you make to have that big change then I know there's a whole other layer psychologically that I have to adjust to and um, things I have to take into consideration as well. You can't prepare. There's nothing mm. online, no YouTube videos you can watch because it's your own your own reality, isn't it? It's how people around you, your friends, your family, your work colleagues, there is a there's a large portion of people that meet, have met me since I've lost the weight. Mm. Um, I've moved jobs, so all the people that I've worked with now and in and, and the last... Five, um, five six years of only knowing me now but the, obviously I've got people that have gone through the transition I've got people that are, are new from school Facebook you know I'm on Facebook so people see me and say oh. but my big thing is getting over and things like this and obviously anything else that comes about it, it's just the honesty stop myself feeling guilty of saying I've had an operation because I've had 30 plus years of trying to diet and actually this was the best solution for me if people can go to an exercise and diet and they do it that way amazing you should all try and live as healthy as possible yes but i think i've now got to that stage where i can't keep feeling guilty about doing something that's like right. this to my body because other people that's right feel it's a cheat and that's it's right. not it's not cheating and you've you shared the story now so you don't need to everyone's gonna know but you don't need <laughs> i mean you don't ever have to mention it again 
you know, they don't need to know. Why do they need to know? Some people from your past might say, <gasps> and I guess they'll dig and find out, but you don't need to mention it anymore, you know? Yeah. And it should be that way. You know, yeah. it should be that way. But I'm, I'm so thankful that you decided to share with us, with um, me and the listeners. Yes, I'm grateful to be part of the um, King Pod podcast. Whoa! It's the king and I, and today king you're the king. Okay. I am the king. Is there something that you've set out now? It's like a personal challenge for yourself. Is there something new on the horizon for you that you're planning? Yes, there is. Um, it's something I've been putting in place the last couple of years. Um, I can't go into too much detail, but it will involve a role, of, of, a voluntary civic role that I'd be really proud to do to fulfill um working on that and really working on the the other stuff around that to make sure i want to be a really good citizen i don't really want to play at pretending i just want to be a good person i want to be someone who sees bad in my community and should try and support whatever i can in any way i can so Mm. it's all around that i'd like to be a beekeeper but i don't think that's gonna happen a beekeeper Oh, I would love to. Oh, wow. Listen, I've been looking for property where I've got a massive garden. I just can't afford one. But if I could have bees or some kind of sustainable farming kind of scenario, or I used to have allotments in the past, but I would love that. I would absolutely love that to just cultivate something and just give back. I'd probably give it for free as well. Like, you know, oh. honey. Anyone want any Julia honey? Julia's garden. <laughs> yeah, just oh, come, from come Julia's get, hive. <laughs> come get Julia's hive. Come get yourself whatever. Get you bring your jars. Those um, are ideas you better write down. Julia's hive. Yeah, these are these Julia's are names. Garden, Julia's yeah. hive. Yeah, Julia's garden. Taking that name. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, that that's the big things. Um, and you know, as I said, the honest truth is, it's me and food will always have a relationship. Mm-hmm. Will always have a struggle. I have fluctuated, I've gone up, you know, hit, the, the, all the weight I've lost was in, in total around 10 stone, sorry, 8 stone, mm-hmm. but I've cu- put on a couple of stone, I put on a stone at, um, through lockdown, okay. I've lost a lot of that now, so I'm, I'm where I, I'm, I'm pretty much where I'd like to be, but more toned. Right, but I've always had, I'll always have a relationship, you know, po- probably a negative relationship with food. Mm-hmm with certain food sugars right. but rather than vegetables and you know a good meal i'll, I'll like a packet of crisps or or you They're know and it's like it's that's what it is isn't yeah it? so it's it's not you know i don't want anyone listening to this going oh everything's you've ticked all your boxes now you're fine it's not if you when you have a it's ongoing addiction it's, a it's yeah it's for life it's it's you know i want to make sure i keep as fit as i possibly can this is something dear to me because it is yeah. something that you've lived through, but something I'm living through now. I'm yeah. I'm there. I'm in that struggle. So yeah. it's a very important discussion for me. And uh, I, I said, I'm so thankful. And it's just, I keep saying it. It's a God put you there with me. You know? Yes. Because I'll tell the audience just vaguely. Uh, we met on set of a popular TV show. <laughs> <laughs> And, and that's all I can say for now. But uh, honestly, when I when I sat and spoke, when we spoke and I learned your story, I just said, "Wow, wow, God really put her next to me." You know, <laughs> especially that one day during dinner when yeah. we were just sat next to each. Literally, we were sat next to each other, 
and we could have um, a further chat without the rest of the cast. And I said, yeah, I think this is a sign I needed. And that's when you started to share some of the advice and some of your experience with me. And I'm so thankful. But you know what? I'm so thankful for you to be, I've received it so openly because it's not something I share with a lot of people. It's not something that I feel that a lot of people not that they don't want to hear it, but you know, there are a lot of people that are struggling with the weight and for them, they're not ready to hear someone's, I guess, success story in a, in a way, you know, to lose a lot of weight is a, a bit of a success, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So for them, it's it's hard to hear. I don't want you to hear, tell me how to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. So for you to receive it the way you have, so positively, so inquisitively to, you know genuinely want to hear my story is amazing it's given me that confidence to be able to tell the story i would never be here and i know 100 percent. and whether or not you choose to go that route or not you are an inspiration to lots of people and if you do go down that route you will touch possibly millions of people millions oh. of people hear your story you have the you, you are out there go you are, millions. You are, uh, Put it out there. You hear that? All right. Millions, <laughs> millions. And there'll be people watching it thinking, oh, and you know, people that you similar, you know, that yeah. funny, fat, having to uh, fat and funny role, um <laughs> being, you know, black in Britain, you know, it, it yes. little things all have their part to play. Mm-hmm. And when you get onto the other side, you will have so much. There are people waiting there. Don't even know. They've not even met you yet. Oh. Change their lives. Oh, Julia, stop it. <laughs> this is my podcast. This is Welcome about- to Julia and I. <laughs> <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> I love it. Okay. All right. So, Julia, there's a question I ask everyone on the podcast. <laughs> closing and that is after hearing your magnificent story what would you say to young Julia little 8, 9, 10 year old Julia <laughs> when if all the family could... are going she can't cook look at her she took this picnic she can't cook I don't even know if the word can can't cook spelled um... C-Y-A-A-A <laughs> can H. Maybe <laughs> throw H in there as well. Yeah. Um, do you Listen, know? If you if you could send a postcard back to yourself, yeah. just a simple postcard. What would you say? It's hard because I'm I'm definitely believe that things happen for a reason, and mm-hmm. I couldn't say that I would want to change anything. But the only thing I would say to her, to me, or me, is don't put too much pressure on yourself to be liked by other people. Just like yourself. As long as you start, it took me a long time to fully love myself. Mm-hmm. And I think I wish I'd done that earlier. Mm-hmm. So I was spending far too much time making sure everyone else around me was loved, mm-hmm. giving them the love or giving them the allowance to, you know, think I'm okay rather than focusing on myself and I had to really focus on myself and love myself and actually when you do that 
you don't lose anything you know people go oh I can't you know I don't, I'm not going to be selfish I'm not going to focus on me I'm not going to look at my goals and my dreams and my aspirations but when you do you still have the people around you to love you because they'll look at you differently they're looking at you as an inspiration they want to still be around you so you should never feel like you can't go for your goals because other people will shun you or feel like oh and sometimes it is quite selfish a lot of the things I do are for myself sometimes I do things for other people but I try and push myself for myself yeah so that's all I would say I would say don't worry about not being able to cook Jamaican food it's fine (laughs) there's going to be a guy called um, Levi Root since then everything's changed there's a Jamaican restaurant in every city now no trust me trust me it's fine there's going to be something called jerk rice oh my god stop it (laughs) it will be fine (laughs) these are abominations to me (laughs) (laughs) though maybe good quick fixes but still oh my gosh blasphemy listen rice and peas in a packet that you microwave for two minutes and it tastes authentic listen times changed times have changed blasphemy blasphemy almost as bad as powdered coconut milk (laughs) <laughs> telling you blasphemous and I ended there thanks so much <laughs> thank you dear Julia no matter which face you choose to put forward you present it with love yes your journey has inspired me and I thank you for helping me find my own answers thank you for sharing your story and your strength with me, girl. Yes. This is the King and I podcast. Thank you for listening. Now go out there and be a good person. Yeah. Ah.